listening to Vet Candy. Hi, this is Dr. Jessica Turner, and you're listening to Living Well with Dr. Jessica. You're one stop for all things health and wellness, not just what to eat or how to move, but everything in between. And if you've been listening for any amount of time, you know that a lot of that um, encompasses mental and emotional well-being because I feel like for the longest time, wellness and well-being as a, a general term was pretty confined to physical health. And as we know, that's part of the problem today um, is we've kind of ignored these other areas. And so today's guest, we're going to really take a, a deep dive into the power of your mind and mindset and how that could play a role in finding, you know, happiness exactly where you're at and looking forward to the future and the power that you hold uh, regarding that. So today's guest, I have Brad Bizjack. He is a personal development expert, mindset strategist and coach, international inspirational speaker and a podcast host. He is the CEO to a multiple seven-figure coaching business with over nine years of experience. His mission is to help entrepreneurs come alive to their limitless possibilities while arriving at their own unique vision of success. Brad is happily married to his beautiful wife, Denise. They live in Western Illinois with their daughter, Lillian, and dog, Oliver. So he is an animal lover. At least we got that in in the books. I will say you are a little out of the box in regards to hosts in a good way um, because you're not specifically within the veterinary community, which not all of our guests are, but what is unique about you, and I'm excited for you to be able to share your story, is you're one of the few kind of experts in your area that I've actually personally done work with you. Whereas a lot of the other guests, I get connected with them. I get to hear their incredible stories. I didn't necessarily know them before. I haven't, you know, gone through their courses or even, you know, listened to any of their work. Whereas you know, I personally benefited from you and what you do and was, I was why I asked you to be on the show. So excited to have you on. I appreciate you taking the time and I just want you to jump in and, and share your story. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to be here. I mean, like what an honor to be able to serve such a dedicated and, and loving group of people. I mean, to be in the veterinary space you have to have a heart of gold. It's something where you deeply care. And it's just such a privilege to be able to give back to that community. And yes, I am an animal lover. I love animals myself, but a little bit of a, we talked about my, you talked about mindset a couple of minutes ago, you know, and, and mindset's like this fluffy term that gets kind of thrown around a lot, but I want to bring an interesting approach to it today. Yes. I, I have a lot of energy that I bring in a different perspective about how to look at challenges, um, but it didn't start that way. I mean, years ago, I was $92,000 in debt and someone that was struggling every single day, paycheck to paycheck. And I was that guy that pretended everything was fine on the outside, but on the inside, like I was dying. Like positivity was my coping mechanism for my own insecurities. And so I remember at that stage of my life, I just wanted to change my financial circumstances. That was my only focus, change my finances. There was no contribution behind it. There was no really passion or drive. I just knew I wanted to create something where I could move away from this challenge that I was facing. And so for me, my vehicle to do that was online business. A lot of people on that are listening are either they went into, you know, whether it's uh, vet school or whether it's creating a product that 
serves the veterinary community. Like that's your chosen vehicle. My chosen vehicle was online business. And I thought that was the ticket right? I thought that was the, the thing that was going to change everything. And I was so excited. I went all in. And it was interesting because no matter what I achieved, or even no matter what efforts I took, it like it was like it wasn't working in the way that I expected it to work. And even when I did achieve certain goals, it never felt like enough. And I was always stressed out, consistently feeling overwhelmed, consistently feeling behind. And I remember just feeling so frustrated, like I'm doing the right things. Why isn't it happening? It's working for everyone else. And one of my mentors told me, dude, you need a mindset coach. Like what you're doing right now is not working. And so I remember maxing out my last credit card to hire one. And on our very first session, she said something that changed my life forever. I was telling her how I'm just always so stressed. I'm always so behind. I I can't take this pressure. I'm doing the right stuff. Why can't I just chill and enjoy this? Like, what's going on? And she said, Brad, you're so attached to success that you're missing the whole point. You're under the impression that you shouldn't be where you are right now. She's like, Brad, business, success, money, it's not going to make you happy. It's learning how to be happy and rewiring your mind to feel alive. That's what's going to lead to success. And I was resenting my circumstances. I was resenting my money situation, my business, all of those things. There was no gratitude there. And so I went on this journey of changing how I thought, rewiring the way that I viewed situations and circumstances. And I mean, most people have a highway to pissed off and a dirt road to happiness. And I changed that within myself. And when I changed that, all of a sudden, all the things that I used to see as stressful and overwhelming, I started to genuinely view them as gifts, not like some BS, like, oh yeah, yeah, you know, I'm grateful, but genuinely feel appreciative that it happened. And then within a couple of years of that, everything started to take off. And not only do we serve thousands and thousands of people all over the world, but we've created a beautiful business. And uh, now we get to give back to amazing people like Jessica and all of the listeners here. So that's a little bit about the background. And I'd like to, I can't wait to help uh, everyone listening with some of those things that really helped me today. But Jessica, that's kind of where, where I come from. We'll be right back with more Vet Candy. As a veterinarian, making time for your mental health may seem impossible right now. That's why we've partnered with Vet Candy to bring awareness to Zant. With Zant, you can choose from 25 focus areas, from burnout to addiction to everyday struggles, for $0 to access and free first sessions. Thinking there's a catch? No catch. Just actually affordable mental health care. Download Zant in the iOS app store today. I could relate so much to your story because we come from the same business. It's not significant what that business is. But like you said, I, you know, I was in vet med. I had my twins, kind of had a wake up call, extremely unhappy, but never realized the extent of that until I started asking some questions, thanks to this online business. And, you know, there was such a focus on personal development and you had to have some kind of clarity on where you wanted to go in this vision because you you had to have something to fight for to show up. And so that was kind of the introduction to, you know, mindset and personal development. And, you know, there's so many things that go within that category. But like you, my main focus was, okay, how can I make enough money to stop practicing? And, you know, there was this definition of success 
and all these people achieving it. And I was doing all the things and sacrificing a lot of things. And you mentioned it. I was very resentful of where I was. I felt like I was supposed to be so much further. But looking back, I was a lot further than a lot of people, you know, in a short amount of time. And that vehicle did allow me to step away from vet med over, you know, a year and a half duration. But I was never appreciative of that business and what it was doing and where it was allowing me to focus energy that I would have never been able to do, you know, if I was still practicing. And it was a mentor that recommended, hey, y'all got to get on this call with this guy. He's teaching things in a different way. I think it's exactly what we all need to hear. And I remember it was in the middle of a, a week, late. I'm trying to see about, you know, getting the, the kids bathed into bed and all that good stuff. And I'm pretty sure I had it playing, but I wasn't paying attention to half of it. But so much of what you would say, it stood out enough in the noise of everything that it would catch my attention, even in the middle of, you know, my nighttime chaos. And I remember finishing that call and being like, okay, I got to get this guy's program, you know, because I had done gratitude and it had, I mean, made such a huge difference. Um, it's something we talk about on here a good bit because, you know, depression and anxiety and those types of topics come up very um, frequently. And that's part of my personal story. But there is a difference between listing off things you're grateful for. And like you said, truly being able to look at your situation and being appreciative to things and, and where you're at and seeing all the things that could come from that, even if it is a bad, you know, situation. And so that was a couple of years ago. And for whatever reason, this summer after, you know, I think my little one and maybe just turned four months a Facebook ad or whatever pops your, you know, a little mini challenge in my face. And, you know, I was like, if all I do is listen to this guy a couple of times this week, like do the best I can, I know it'll be a benefit because I've already experienced it. And so that's kind of how we ended up here today because <laughs> we reconnected. And I was able to see like this where you were and where you are now. You know, I didn't get to like follow along with the in-between journey, but it was just so phenomenal to see what you've done in those last couple of years. And you still bring the same degree of energy and positivity, which I do want to mention. You you mentioned that was like your coping mechanism. And I think that that's the case for a lot of people that we automatically kind of write off that they're dealing with anything because they're such positive people. And I think that's why there's this kind of like shock when you hear of someone that possibly made the decision to end their life, but they were always such a happy person. And so I just feel like I want to mention that, like, don't write off your colleagues or friends that may seem like they have it all together. Like, still check on them. They, they may be going through some things that, you know, would benefit somebody just letting them know that they care. But I want to supper, Emily, and I want to give you the mic um, and just, explore this, you know, what is mindset? How can, you know, my colleagues that can relate to your story, whether it's they're in a financial hole or, you know, they're just doing all the things and they are just miserable and they don't know how to move forward from that space. Oh, I have so many thoughts, <laughs> so many thoughts to chat about. So the first thing that I want to, to bring up is I'm going to kind of start towards the middle of this and then go back and then progress forward again. 
And we talked a little bit about negative emotions, right? Positivity being a coping mechanism for insecurities, for pain, for negative stuff. And I think there's this pressure in society to act like we have our stuff together all the time, but I have really, really good news. Nobody has their ish together. Nobody. Everyone has stuff they're dealing with. Everyone has, whether it's parental uh, uh, challenges like child issues, they're still healing from money challenges, uh, challenges with success, with whatever it is. Everyone's got stuff going on. But one of the reasons why we use positivity as a mechanism for our insecurities is because if we're positive, we believe that we're going to receive more love. But one of the things that I always teach in our program is that negativity is one of the greatest gifts you will ever receive because it gives you contrast into what you don't want. And I believe that negative emotions are just a call to action for what needs to change in your life. Positive emotions are a reward for how you've been living your life. But one, one thing that most people do is they make negative emotions wrong and whatever you resist persists. And so let's use the example of anxiety, something that I've dealt with in my life many, many times. Anxiety being a feeling of fear about the future. That's what anxiety is. It's just fear. And so if we think about anxiety, what most people do when anxiety shows up is they make it wrong that they're anxious. They're saying, I shouldn't be anxious. I should be happy. I should be grateful. I should, I should be okay. And so they actually get feelings about feelings. They get anxious that they're anxious. And so the anxiety actually gets worse and worse and worse. But one of the things that really changed my life is to realize that anxiety was actually a gift because all it meant was that I cared about the future. And so I started actually welcoming it. It was one of the greatest, most profound changes of my entire life. The key to negative emotions going away is to welcome them. Because once I made anxiety a beautiful thing, once I didn't make it wrong to feel it, it didn't have a hold on me. And so if we think about going back to the beginning, if we think about what stress is, whether it's pressures from work, pressures in marriage, pressures in any area of our life, Stress is just the achiever's word for fear. That's all it is. We don't want to say that we're afraid because we're achievers. We've got it together. So we say we're stressed instead, right? But stress is just, we're afraid. And it's okay to be afraid. The minute you acknowledge that you're just afraid, the fear doesn't hold you as much anymore. But one thing we need to recognize and honor is that no one's coming to save us from this mindset that we have. We have to participate in our own rescue. We are responsible 100% for every single part of our life, even the things that aren't your fault. Now, that might be hard to hear for a lot of people. And before you flick me in the forehead, what I mean by that is it may not be your fault that the situation happened, but responsibility literally means the ability to respond meaning your beliefs, your feelings, your emotions about that event, about that person, about that situation, we control how we respond to that because life is made up of events and the meaning we give to each event. That is all of life. So let's say Jessica and I are going into Jamba Juice because why not? Jamba Juice sounds good. And let's say we're going into Jamba Juice. And I decide to open the door for Jessica saying, hey, Jessica, go in first and get your smoothie first. And she's so grateful I opened the door. Why? Is it because I opened the door or is it because of her interpretation of what the gesture means? It's the meaning behind the gesture. Because I could open the door and she could be like, I can get it myself, you pig, I don't need you. The point is we have to take responsibility for how we respond to challenges because all suffering is never found in the facts of what you experience. Suffering is only found in your perception of the facts. 
That's where suffering exists. You choose a new meaning to what you face. You have a radically different life. This goes for any situation in your life, whether it's money, whether it's parents, whether it's whatever it is. If you want to end suffering in your life, all you have to do is simply change the meaning. Let me put this in a different way. The reason why most people suffer, and by suffer, I mean negative emotions on a regular basis, anxiety, depression, overwhelm, sadness, whatever it is. The reason people suffer on a regular basis is because they're living an expectation of how it should be. That is all suffering really is. It should be different. I, in fact, I can predict if someone's going to be happy or not. If you think about an area of your life that you're happy in right now, I'm willing to bet the reason you are happy there is because the way life is matches how you think it should be or is trending there. If you're unhappy in a certain area of life, it's because the way life is does not match the way you think it should be. And if you're suffering, meaning consistent negative emotions, it's because the way life is doesn't match how you think it should be and you feel helpless to change. Like there's nothing you can do about it when that's not true. It's just we've told ourselves that story so many times to keep ourselves safe. And so we need to realize that suffering comes from expectations. But when you trade your expectations for appreciations, your whole life changes in an instant. It's a Tony Robbins quote. When you trade your expectations for appreciations, your whole life changes in an instant. And so what I mean by this is if we take a step back and we say, yeah, this is hard, not pushing away negativity, saying, no, 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 it's fine. It's positive. I'm good. But saying, yes, this is challenging. Yes, this sucks. Yes, this hurt. Yes, this is stressful. Yes, this is a lot going on. And you know what? I'm so grateful because it reminds me of the beautiful gift that I've worked so hard for. It reminds me of how I'm able to serve these animals. It's a beautiful job that, you know, I'm proud of myself for having. And once we start to appreciate our challenges, we realize that the weight that our challenges had on us don't have as much weight anymore. Not saying the challenges don't exist. Toxic positivity is saying, yeah, yeah, this challenge is fine. I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. But genuine optimism is saying, this is a challenge, a significant one. Here's how I'm choosing to view it. Here's how I'm choosing to look at it. Here's what I'm choosing to do about it. And so I have more to go into with that. But if we think about the root of suffering, it just comes from unmet expectations, our perception that it should be different instead of appreciating how it is. And I can give you examples if you'd like, but Jessica, that's kind of going back to the beginning about mindset. If we change that one thing, life can change radically almost instantly. <laughs> We'll be right back with more Vet Candy. Put the needle on the record. Vet Candy Life is a talk show hosted by well-being gurus, Dr. Quincy Hawley and Renee Michelle. Each episode features expert tips, lifestyle advice, and real-life experiences from the most interesting people in the world. Check it out on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and more. My kind of transformation's been over the last eight years, coming up on eight years, and it, it became very clear to me that unmet expectation was the common thread for a lot of disappointment, you know, in, in my life. I've never heard it kind of like described in this all-encompassing like suffering, but it makes sense. It's such a, a great way to view things. And I agree wholeheartedly that, you know, so many 
of our listeners or where they're at in tuning in because they they recognize whatever the you know whether it's work or you know just life in general the family dynamics it's just it's not what they pictured things to be and i know i mentioned to you so many of us have given up so much to go into this field so many years of when everybody else was having fun just time energy finances and majority of us you know represented in in clinical studies feel like the reward didn't come close to being worth it you know like we wouldn't go down that road again and so it's very clear that there is a lot of unmet expectations um, within you know our profession I think across the board for you know a lot of lines of work but there's a lot of things that we just could have never foreseen you know being issues that we're now facing within the veterinary profession and that was never part of the equation how do I manage or you know, work through these things that I never imagined would be part of my story as a veterinarian, whether it's cyberbullying or everything that came with COVID. There's so many shortages of veterinarians and just good help. Like, those are all things that nobody ever really planned for. But the reality is there's probably more factors that fall in that category that are part of their daily story that they don't have a clue how to address it. How do I even begin to view all of these expectations that are a part of what's going on that were never supposed to be part of, you know, their narrative. This is such an important point uh, that you brought up because I think this paradigm shift could change all of your listeners' lives if this one piece of today is grasped. You mentioned that going through this with COVID, with shortage of help, all this stuff, there were a lot of these challenges that they weren't expecting. But one of the greatest challenges, or one of the greatest mistakes, I should say, people make on their path to success is expecting it to be a smooth ride. And if we expect it to be a smooth ride, and the minute it's not, we get stressed out and tizzy, all this stuff, it's not what I thought it would be, then we're literally denying personal growth from happening. You mentioned, well, there's all these challenges, these things that we weren't expecting to happen. Well, of course there are. That's called personal growth. If it was not challenging, if it didn't push you to think differently or learn a lesson, which is a whole other topic we can get into about life's lessons getting louder and louder, then you wouldn't grow. Point of this is the greatest challenge most people have is that they think they shouldn't have challenges. That's such a big challenge people have. They, they think it should be a straight shot. And so what most people do is they view curveballs as a bad thing. Curveballs are just a life lesson. And so I have a belief that life is rigged in my favor. And that's a belief that I have. And so let's get a little woo-woo for just a second, and then we'll bring it back to earth for just a second. I have a belief, and I'm not here to tell anyone what to believe. This is just my personal belief that, that I am being guided in some way by something bigger than myself, whether you call that God, the universe, infinite intelligence, whatever it is, there's a feeling of trust and belief that I have this feeling of trust and belief that things will work out. And I believe that this guidance is trying to help me to get to where I'm ultimately meant to be, my final destination or destiny. And so in order to do that, life likes to teach lessons. Now, these beautiful lessons that help us grow what people don't like is that the wrapping paper on those lessons is typically problems or pain. 
And so what life does, because it's trying to help us, is it will say, hey, you know what? Here's a beautiful lesson that will help you grow. Something you need to let go of, something you need to learn, something you need to just bring into your life. And life likes to dust you with a little feather and say, hey, you should probably pay attention to this area of your life. You should probably learn this one, one lesson. We got too much crap to do. So we dust off that feather. We don't even pay attention to it. We got too many clients to see. We got all this stuff. We're too busy to pay attention to the lesson. So life's like, dude, I got to get your attention. And so life writes you a little note and says, dear Jessica, you should learn this lesson. And it says, love life. And it ties that lesson to a brick and it throws that brick through your living room window and glass shatters everywhere. And and the kids are scared. You're scared. Glass shatters. It shouldn't be this way, right? The glass should be intact. And so what we do is we look at that glass that's shattered. We're saying it shouldn't be like this when the note is sitting right there in your living room telling you what needs to change, what you need to let go of. And so we're looking at this window saying, well, it shouldn't be this way. And so life's like, well, I'm going to keep throwing bricks till you learn this. And so next thing you know, all of the windows in your house are broken and you look around at everyone else around you and all their windows are intact. And you say, it's not fair. She has it easier. They don't understand my situation. My situation's harder. And so life's like, dude, you're not listening to me. And so life likes to make it a little bit louder. And life likes to take a can of red paints. And it writes that lesson on the front of a Mack truck, blares its horn, and it runs you over. And when it runs you over, you stare at it in the face and you wake up in the hospital bed a couple of weeks later and you have a choice in that moment. Learn the lesson life's been trying to teach you or make it wrong that you, you got hit by a truck. And most people make it wrong. These lessons, these challenges will increase in intensity. You'll notice it in your own life. The money problems, the stress about clients, all this stuff, the challenges get louder and louder and louder. We just refuse to pay attention because we think that it shouldn't be this way. But curveballs, challenges are just a sign of personal growth. And when you resist curveballs, you're resisting growth. So you're trying to create a better outcome for your life based on a version of you that has not grown into that better version of life which is why resistance shows up and you can't actually get there. And so what most people do is they tie their feelings of worth to achieving more, but then they start to build up this story in their mind. Well, that's going to take more sacrifice. It's going to take more challenge and take all these negative things. And because we tie our worth to an outcome, we start to get afraid to set bigger goals and bigger dreams. And we start to not have anything to get excited about in the future. And this is where people start to lose love with what they fell in love with to begin with. When you don't have a compelling vision worth growing for, you are forced to focus and obsess over the problems of the present. And when you focus and obsess over the problems of of the present, you're living in the past. And the past only becomes the future when you live there. And so all you're doing is creating more of the same problems because you let go of a bigger vision, a bigger excitement to get excited about. Think about when you were in vet school. You were excited about the future. You had something worth striving for. There was an energy and aliveness, a vibrancy about that. But then once you got to that level of growth, you stopped setting the next dream and the bigger vision because we somehow think that, I don't know if I can get there. I'm going to set a goal that I know I can achieve, that I'm actually, uh, that I, I feel is realistic and safe. And so I'm going to set a goal based on my past failures instead of what I actually want. And so we tone down our vision. We don't learn the lessons. We don't have anything excited about the future for us to grow into. And so next thing you know, we feel depressed. 
We feel anxiety. We feel stuck and trapped in this place when literally you can solve it right now when all you have to do is honor the challenge that life is giving you. Pick a dream that actually excites you, whether it's in the same field or not, and then honor the fact that going to that next level is going to be uncomfortable the same way going through vet school was. It's going to be uncomfortable and to honor that along the way and to let go of this belief that I shouldn't have challenges on this path. We change that. All of a sudden you get amped up about what you're doing again, which other topic that we can talk about next if we want to, to how to, how to get there. But that is one of the biggest things that I think a lot of people can do to change literally right now, change their entire view of their career, their life is find something to get excited about and honor the fact that life will give you lessons wrapped in pain. Problems are just the resistance that you push against the sculpture character. That's all it is. So good. It's it's very clear that I just need to have you back on if you'll come back on because I feel like we could talk for, for hours. <laughs> We'll be right back with more Vet Candy. Hello, this is Caitlin Palmer. You probably know me as the desk wench. You know, the sweet TikTok receptionist who has to deal with the evil Karen Stevens. Well, if you like that, you are going to love my new podcast, Desk Wench Confessions. On my show, I have funny guests who tell me about their own Karens. Plus, we have contests, giveaways, and skits. Trust me, you are going to love it. Check it out on a podcast platform of your choice on Vet Candy Radio. I want to mention something because it actually ties to an episode that we did earlier this year. With Dr. Zach, he is a phenomenal guy within the veterinary community that did a, a study on all of these, you know, things that we keep talking about within the field with um, burnout and depression and suicide and all this. And he found a very strong correlation between a lot of those struggles and having no goals. And he talked about how, you know, like we have this crystal clear goal that we're excited about for the longest time, because so many of us, I'm not in that category, but so many veterinarians know that they want to be a veterinarian from a very early age. And that is what propelled them through through high school, through undergrad, then through vet school. And for a lot of us, we get out and I mean, you're thrown into the real world, which is already like <laughs> a shock in itself, because there's a lot that, you know, we don't get taught in school that you can't really prepare for. But a lot of us are thrown into this state of survival that we we just we don't dream anymore we don't set goals anymore and it wasn't until i got into my side business and people started asking me these questions and i'm like what do you mean i don't know what i want what do you mean like what what's my vision for for the future i felt like i had no clue who i was much less where i wanted to go because all i ever thought about for however many years I was out at that point, was how do I be the best vet I can while staying afloat in my personal life? And put that pretty much in writing. Like that is a significant problem that we can't keep ignoring. Like we need to have goals. It, we need to have that healthy push. And like you said, that excitement that ties our passions into, you know, whatever we're doing within the, within the veterinary field. 
And I think that's why, you know, a lot of the guests that come on here have made major pivots because they got hit by the Mack truck and they had to make a decision and realized, okay, I don't have to continue being the victim. And I say that being a past victim, you know, of my circumstances and just kind of pushing things off. But then you get to a point where you really can't ignore things anymore. And I always say, my heart behind this show is to avoid you from hitting rock bottom. So in Brad's terminology, we're trying to avoid you, you know, having your windows broken and getting hit by the Mack truck. <laughs> so hopefully you're you're taking notes and you're feeling more equipped to be able to avoid those things. Can I add to that real quick? What you just said about the doctor that you had on the show about how a lot of people stop setting big dreams. I call this astronaut syndrome. After you've been to the moon, what's next? Right? Like you, you come back and you're like, well, I've been to the moon. What do I do now? Right. And that's probably what it feels like if you've been dreaming of being a vet your whole life and you finally do it. Well, now what? Right. When we don't have something excited to move towards, our energy lowers. When our energy lowers, our creativity diminishes. When our energy lowers, literally our body will change. You'll notice your eyes going down, your shoulders rounding forward, your body being more prone, like prone over. And you just feel like, small. But when you have big dreams, you're confident, you're proud, you're going after it. You're excited about what could be. And so what I always like to do, and I, I bring a very different approach to thinking, but I what I'm about to say might make you go, this is stupid. And if it does, I challenge you because a lot of people will think about what I'm about to say as like, no, 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 that doesn't make sense. That's not realistic. Well, realism is the fastest traveled road to mediocrity. And if we take a look at most of society, most of society is broke, overwhelmed, overweight, and tired. That's most of society. So I don't want to be like most society. I look at what most of society thinks and I sprint the other way. So this is an interesting perspective that I'm about to bring up. I believe that our kids are the greatest examples of success in the world. I believe that kids are, and there's a reason for this. Up until about the age of 12, think about kids and how they act, right? They want to be Spider-Man and an astronaut and the president all at the same time. And so they sprint in the living room and they're Spider-Man whitey tighties and their astronaut helmet and a, and a tie. And they say, and they deliver their presidential address and then cast a web and fly across the room and all this stuff. Now think about that. That's not realistic. But what does it do to their energy? What does it do to their creativity and the ideas they have to change their life? Where is the idea of who they want to be when they grow up born? It's born out of that creativity. It's born out of that excitement, out of that joy, out of that passion. And so we don't set goals for the certainty of attainment. We set goals and dreams to energize us to become a new person. It's not about the completion of it. It's about who we can grow into, Spider-Man, Batman, whoever it is. That is the greatest example of success on earth. But then at the age of 12, something happens. You're told to sit down, shut up, get an A plus, or you're a failure. You're told to be quiet. You're told to never try new things. You're told to never put yourself out there. And slowly we start to get groomed to not go after big dreams. And so I want you to start looking at, if you're still practicing or in any other area of the veterinary world or any other area that's not in alignment with veterinarians, think about it like a little kid. If you had a genie and a lamp and you had one wish, 
and you couldn't ask for more wishes and you couldn't ask for more genies and you couldn't ask for more lamps, what would you wish for? Bring the little kid energy back to what you do. And you will instantly find a revitalization that's born within you, a fire that you can't put out. That's the thing. I will never grow up. I will, I will be a five-year-old until the day I die because that's the energy that creates the next level of success. And this in society is conditioned against, because think about it. If I'm the happy, successful millionaire, most people look at you like you're crazy, right? Like you can't be that happy all the time. You can't be that successful. That's not possible. But if I'm the sad, depressed, broke person with problems, fit right in. I fit right in. I get connection. I get sympathy and I get significance. Everyone needs to feel significant in life, but most people meet that need by having significant problems instead of significant goals. If we just start viewing our dreams from the, the perspective of a little kid and let go of this, it's about achievement and making sure I achieve it. But instead it's about the energy behind it. All of a sudden you get lit up. And then if you bring one more piece of this in, which is your heart, all of a sudden you have a fire under you that never dies. And that heart is what I mean by that is contribution. This is one of the greatest keys to success. If you are suffering, no matter what emotion it is, and I say this with complete respect because I used to live this way. If you're suffering in any way, whether it's anxiety, depression, sadness, overwhelm, stress, fear, whatever it is, it is just you obsessing about you. That's all suffering is. It's you obsessed over you. But when you live in a state of contribution, meaning it's about service. It's about making someone's life just a little bit better or an animal's life just a little bit better. And you reconnect to that and you tie that to the little kid energy of huge dreams and huge goals. Now you have heart and energy and creativity behind what you do. And all of a sudden you have a whole new life instantly. <laughs> We'll be right back with more Vet Candy. Hey, this is Dr. Julio Alonso. Do you want to keep up with everything Vet Matt? Then check out my show on Vet Candy TV. We talk about clinical updates, science news, plus some of the coolest people in our profession. Stream at My Vet Candy 24-7 on YouTube, iTunes, and most other video platforms. All right. I want to make sure that I give you time to share about how people could connect to you because I could keep talking. I know you you have to go in a couple of minutes, but I'm serious about having you back on and continuing this conversation because it's it's just so good, you guys. Like that's exactly why I was like, you know what? I'm gonna ask him if he'll be on the show because I, I know the difference you made in my life a couple of years ago. And, you know, you have a new um, revamped program you just launched. And I'm grateful that I have access to that. And, you know, I, I get to tune into your energy and and just wisdom whenever I want to. And I want other people to to know how they could have access like that. So if you don't mind sharing. Absolutely. It, it'd be an honor to serve people in any way possible. Um, Instagram. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> No, seriously, I'm I'm joking, but I'm also serious. Like I put a lot of a lot of content on on the gram. It's just at Brad Bizjack. But um, 
I think the greatest way to really dive into this journey, like a lot of people will hear what I'm saying right now and conceptually kind of get it, but wonder, well, how does that apply to me in my situation? Like, but what about, what about this circumstance that I'm going through? And so it sounds good in theory, but it, we were not attached to us changing yet. And short reason for why that is, is because every single person has three levels of mastering anything. The first level of mastering anything is our cognitive understanding, our cognitive level of mastery. It's reading a book about swimming, right? It's saying, okay, I understand the breaststroke, right? I've, I've read a book about it. I've heard this. I get this. But when you're in that state, you'll say, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I know I need to do this. I know I need to take that action, but no action follows it because we haven't gotten to the second level. And the second level of mastering anything is what we call emotional mastery. It's where you link up how this applies to your pain and your pleasure, how you see your own life changing and you see consequences if you don't change and benefit if you do. Emotions are what make us actually change. If you think about it, like everyone probably age 27, 28, uh, maybe 30 and older, remember where they were on 9-11, right? Like everyone knows, like I know exactly where I was in seventh grade. I know exactly where I was on 9-11. And I'm sure you do too, Jessica, you know exactly where you were, but you probably don't know where you were on 8-11-2001. And there's a reason for that. It's because there's no emotion linked to the day. So that's a negative example, but it shows how when we link emotion to something changing, we actually grab onto it and it holds something within us. And so once we have emotional consequence linked, meaning pain if we don't change, benefit if we do, we'll just stay in the same place. This is where action actually happens. We get in the pool, right? Instead of just reading the book. And when we do that enough times, when we swim enough times, then you get to the third level, which is physical mastery, where you can hop on a podcast and the stuff just comes out of your mouth and you don't even have anything written down, right? Like it's a physical response. It's just who you are. And so the reason I say that is because if you really want to know how this applies to you, it might make sense conceptually on this episode, but if you want to see, okay, why do I tick the way I tick? I actually created a totally free quiz. And I have now worked with over 30,000 people from all over the world. And I've recognized patterns, patterns that keep people stuck and patterns that make people thrive. And chances are, if you're not having the success or happiness in your chosen field at the level that you want, it's probably because of what I call your unique success archetype, the lens in which you're viewing success, the lens in which you're viewing your challenges. And I've bucketed into five main groups, five main archetypes. The quiz is totally free. It takes 60 seconds, but it will give you a complete diagnostic, a video, a PDF. So you can kind of see how you're ticking and what exactly to do about that. So you can find that at quizzes.bradbizjack.com. Again, that's quizzes.bradbizjack.com. And we'll help you take this from conceptual understanding to an emotional change. So anyways, either Instagram or the quiz, and that'd be the best way to get in touch. Long answer, but that's how to do it. No, I, I love it. It makes so much sense. I could say I've taken that quiz. So it is very quick and easy and insightful. Um, so I definitely recommend following through and that being your action that you focus on after you know, turning us off. Well, it's been so much fun. I knew it would be because I wish y'all could see him <laughs> as like animated as his voice is, you know, his body's even more, especially when you were doing like the child piece and we're acting like Spider-Man. It's not an act, you guys. <laughs> 
But we'll we'll definitely um, nail down when we can have you back on. And I really appreciate it. And thanks to all of our listeners, as always, for tuning in. Until next time, this is Dr. Jessica, and we'll see you soon. Vet Candy. Vet Candy. Vet Candy. It's Vet Candy Radio.